face hurt? From what? Oh, the taking pic- so many pictures to- on Sunday. So many. You know, I enjoyed it. It first first Holy Communion on Sunday afternoon was our first time in about three years of having the full full class. Yeah, church was overflowing. It was actually full uh, with just a few chairs set up in the back. Yeah, and it was wonderful. The was kids great. were great. The families were wonderful. The priest was okay. The priest was okay, but it was really a good celebration. I, you know, what you're supposed to say, you're supposed to say, does my face hurt? And then the other person says, it's killing me. Oh. That's the joke. No, I had never heard that before. Really? Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Father Herb here with Michael. (laughs) Uh, You've already moved on to the next pastor. And uh, (laughs) your face is delightful. But I, I, I'm sure you had plenty of pictures too. Oh, it was wonderful, and the kid, the kids really were great. Uh, oh, they were so cute. It really was. It was a great mass. It felt good to have everybody back again under one roof for the celebration of First Eucharist. Uh, I, I enjoyed I, I have it to thoroughly. T- I told the story to the group on Wednesday before First Communion. Yeah, that two years ago during COVID, because everything was locked down, mm-hmm. we did not have First Communion until summer, and then we had four separate masses. Yeah. And good old Jeff Montres. Uh, He's our photographer. Photographer. Also a parishioner. Wonderful He, he put up a big green screen. Yeah. In Ron Kelly Hall. I remember. And each child stood in front of it by himself. And did her, the weather forecast. And then I stood there. And I think Hillary did. And then he also took a picture of the front steps, uh, the altar and the cross in church. Yep. Then painstakingly... He took each of the individual 60 pictures or so and put them together. Photoshop. Photoshop. So you had a complete class standing in front of the altar in church. He's a saint. And it must have taken forever for him to do it. But it was probably the ultimate best picture because every child was looking right at the camera. You know, it also takes forever getting 63 of them all at the same time to look at the right Which camera. we had to do Sunday yeah. <laughs> because we, we did not have the green screen. I the, A couple of weeks ago, even in some of my uh, Facebook memories, some of the old confirmation photos will come up from when I was doing confirmation here. Not in it, but teaching it. And uh, even then, we couldn't get eighth graders to all look at the camera at the same time. Right. So it doesn't really change from second grade to eighth grade. But much. that's not new. If you look back at pictures in the 50s and 40s and 30s. I think even pictures of Jesus with the disciples, not all of them were looking you at know, the Ju- camera. You know, Judas was looking at his wallet. <laughs> you you stepped on my punchline to get your own in. Do you see? This is the kind of podcast hopes I have. Oh, Did- I am so sorry. <laughs> Better luck with the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> Time will tell. Yes. All right, so here we are, still in the Easter season, uh, heading into the fourth Sunday of Easter. Fourth Sunday of Easter is always known as what? Good Shepherd Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday. You like this one. I like all of all of liturgy, all of Easter, all of the scriptures. That, wow, that's how noble of you. That is. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm being extra hard on you today. I'm sorry. It must be the rain outside. You know what? Uh, folks listening, all six or seven of you. I think we're up to seven now. Okay. I, I hope that you realize what I have to put up with. <laughs> what you endure. Uh, so fourth Sunday of Easter, Good Shepherd Sunday, and uh, it's also Mother's Day weekend. Yes. I asked the question at Bible study Tuesday morning, this morning. I asked the, the question, why? Why what? Why is Good Shepherd Sunday included as part of the Easter season? Great question. Now, now it's cha- year A is uh, chapter uh, 10. Well, they're um, all chapter 10, are they not? Yeah. 
but they're different but, but sections ver- versus it. one to ten. Yeah, in year A, there's a three three year cycle. Year B is verses eleven to eighteen, mm-hmm. and we're in verse C, so it's only four verses, verses twenty seven to thirty to thirty, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. So, not only did I talk about the sections that were not included, but why is it that going back for probably centuries? Good Shepherd was included for Easter. I mean, it's a powerful image. Uh, Jesus as the Good Shepherd was the the one of the earliest images of Jesus. In fact, the oldest uh, picture painting we have of Jesus is a, of Jesus as a Good Shepherd. You'll we, find you'll yeah. find it in the catacombs under mm-hmm. the city of Rome. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Jesus in a toga. 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 <laughs> not, a, not a toga party, toga. Oh, I, toga. Just, I didn't say anything. Yeah, but he's wearing a toga and he has the curly hair like you always see on the pictures of the Romans. Yeah. Kind of like tight curls. And he's got a, a sheep on his shoulder. Not uh, a chip on his shoulder. A, a sheep on his shoulder. You have a sheep on your shoulder? Yeah. I say that 10 times. So, uh, so the image of Jesus as good shepherd is very understandable. Yeah. But why is it significant for Easter season? Can I take it one step further? Surely, I would say. No, our, don't call you Shirley. I would also add to it that it is immediately following the resurrection accounts. It's not like they said, "Okay, seven seven weeks of Easter. Let's throw it in on number six. We're running out of options." They put it in right after the resurrection. Thomas, this year, breakfast, breakfast on the beach. On, breakfast on the beach. And, and then we go right into Good Shepherd. So it they're the, by making that choice, they're saying this is. A theme of Easter we want forefront in the Easter season. And what we decided this morning at the Bible study is it points both ways. On one part, it, it talks about the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So mm-hmm. it goes backwards to say this is what the Paschal mystery is all about. Jesus laid down his life. Then it goes forward to basically giving a model of how his, his apostles— his disciples have to be shepherds for each other yeah. so that they continue on the image because Easter goes to Ascension Thursday and then to Pentecost. And Pentecost is always the establishment of the church and the church is the, the body of Jesus, body of Christ, right? the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. So it's basically saying, not only am I your shepherd, but I'm calling you to be shepherds. Okay, I think we can end the podcast there. Well, we could, but we haven't read the gospel yet. Oh, we but the gospel is so short. It's only four verses. Do you think you can handle four verses? I, do you think I can handle four verses? I think you could do it well. Please. Wow. Please. Kind of you. All right, again, uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Okay, hang on to that last line, the very last line. The Father and I are one. I'm not taking it out of my hand. Right. Okay, let me do a little explanation of what's happening. 
This entire chapter is called the Good Shepherd chapter, chapter 10 of John's Gospel. So the first Sunday, namely cycle A, we read the first 10 verses. And that's where Jesus basically says, I am the Good Shepherd. I am the gate and my sheep follow me. So I am the gate through which people come. Okay, that's the image. It'll, it'll come up again in a year. Stay tuned. Yes. Year B, Jesus probably gives the most powerful part. A good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. And the wolf, if the wolf comes, the sheep, uh, the a hireling or the hired man. I, I used to love the old translation. Now it's called the hired man. Yeah. But it used to be called the hireling. I've never used that word. You don't... You don't think about yourself as a hireling? Maybe you think of me as a hireling. I've never thought of myself as a hireling. Uh, well, I think it's just a cool word. Am I your hireling? Well, if you hire somebody, that person is hire a hireling. So yes, I am your hireling. Okay, I hired you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't And don't you forget it. I got a okay. job, folks. Did you hear it? He's a hireling. Okay, so the hireling will run away from the wolf. Yeah. Because he just works for pay. Oh. And he has no commitment. This does, not, uh-huh. this does not make me look very good. No, the hireling is, doesn't come off well. I am no longer a hireling. Okay. <laughs> but I have other sheep that belong to the fold. And so then it's really talking about the sheep, and I've got to reach out to everybody, include everybody. Yeah. So, so it goes from the first part, the sheep hear my voice, and then it keeps developing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that ends on verse 18. So week year one, year A is verses 1 to 10. Yeah. Year B is verses 11 to 18. And then this year, we started on verse 27. Well, that's what I'm, you know, I'm going to so ask. What happens between verse 19 and 26? Exactly. It's funny you should ask. Well, <laughs> I feel like you set me up a little bit. Of course I did. <laughs> you know, if you ever really want to understand scripture, you don't just read one line or one passage. You should always look at what came before it and what comes after it. Mm-hmm. So in this case, after Jesus says, this is... Um, this is year B. No one takes it. The, this is why the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command I've received from my father. And the crowd got upset. So here are these beautiful words about I am the good shepherd, mm-hmm. but they get all upset yeah. because they say you're blaspheming. Poor Jesus. You're, you're making yourself out to be like God. They got upset quite a bit at him they did so he calms them down a little bit mm-hmm. and he says because if you read the scriptures it refers to people as gods mm. uh, children of god yeah okay so then he goes to the part we just read the part that michael read a few minutes ago my sheep hear my voice i know them they follow me and then it ends with the father and i are one mm-hmm. verse 30 and you told me to hang on to that line because it's right here. Do you see it? Yes. In because, my hand. because in 31, the crowd gets madder than before. Oh, it keeps going. Oh, yes. 30 is not the end. 30 is not the end of the chapter. Okay. So they get really angry. And this time they pick up stones. They're going to stone him. They're really angry. And Jesus says, I've done a lot of good things. For which good thing are you about to stone me? I love that line. It's like, uh, he's almost like saying, nah, 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 nah. Uh, how, you're, you're, what are you doing? You know. So they're saying, we're not stoning you for any good thing you did. Yeah. We're stoning you because you've blasphemed. You make yourself God. And that's when Jesus just departs. 
he passes through the midst of them. Well, it doesn't use that phrase. That's that other setting. When he, they almost yeah. throw him off the cliff. Exactly. The poor guy. He almost gets thrown off the cliff. He almost gets stoned. He does get crucified. Yeah. He can't catch a break. So, so this is chapter 10. And uh, it's kind of in the middle of John's gospel. Okay, so here are the lines that I really never paid attention to before. And, of course, I focus on different lines than you do because that's what we do. The, the whole image of the hand. No one can take them out of my hand. And then, it, then he says, again, my father... I've who got is, the whole world in my hand. Actually, I, That's what you were thinking, I right? I was thinking of he's got the whole world in his hands, which is yeah. a pretty terrible song. Uh, sorry to whoever likes it. I apologize. I have strong opinions. You do have strong <laughs> opinions. Uh, by the way, to the, to the eight people that are listening... Oh, we gained a listener. <laughs> to the eight people that are listening... I have to put up with Michael's strong opinions day in and day out. <laughs> that's not true. I'm only here a couple times a week now. Okay. That's why he's only here a couple days a week. <laughs> <laughs> he threw me out. Um, so he says, no one can take them out of my hand. And then it goes on. My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of my father's hand. He's equating himself with the father. Right. Then, and that's, then that next that's why they get really upset with him. Yeah. How dare you? You're calling yourself God. Yeah. But here's what I heard when I was reading it. How many times in our own faith do we feel like we are furthering ourselves from faith or you know furthering ourselves away from God but in this it's such a a great reminder that even when we feel distant he still got us yeah right and that's probably the 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 real power of the image of the good shepherd that we've got someone else stronger more benevolent more loving more compassionate more understanding on our side, mm. watching over us, and sometimes literally has us in his hand. Yeah. You know, the image that comes to mind, because we've <laughs> talked about this in past years, so I don't want to harp on the same thing every year. You know, we don't. You, you're thinking people remember what you said a year ago? Oh, I well, I remember what we talked about a year ago. But, you know, we say, oh, you know, we don't know really know shepherds very much because we don't see shepherds very much in today's society. You know, we talk about that a lot. But the image that kind of comes to mind for me that I think <laughs> is kind of relatable is that of a preschool teacher. Think of just like walking into a preschool classroom, mass chaos everywhere, right? But that teacher is adamantly in charge of all of those little creatures at any one time and cares for them and makes sure that they get to the bathroom and make sure that their noses aren't dripping and make sure that they are fed and make, you know, all the things that a teacher does to care for 20 to 25 little terrors in a room. Well, I think that's a good image. I think it would also be appropriate though, to think about the image of not little kids, but older people who are pretty independent. I, I'm going to use a different analogy. Okay. When I work with uh, either Nicole or Joni, they're they both work as coordinators for weddings yeah. and wedding rehearsals. Sure. And I think either one of them could run the whole rehearsal, but I often do it myself because I find they are part of it, but I like to set this, the, not only the stage, but the tone for the actual wedding the next day, mm -hmm. that it, it's a reverent time, and I like to help everybody feel at home. So I, I, I like to do a pretty thorough 
uh, rehearsal. But with some of the wedding parties, if they have seven or nine bridesmaids, seven or nine, I, you assume I'd say seven or eight, but seven or nine <laughs> or can, ten. Actually, that's in the rule book. You cannot have eight. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's only but, seven. Okay, or seven, nine. eight, or nine or ten bridesmaids and same number of groomsmen, and then a couple of flower girls and ring bearers and junior bridesmaids and other people who are ushers. Yeah. And they're all there and the parents are there and most of them are from out of town and many of them have never been in this church building. Yeah. And it's complete chaos when you start. And by the time we finish, it's totally organized. Mm -hmm. People know exactly where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. Uh, it's just the, the most marvelous thing to see it all come together from chaos into order. So Jesus said, I am the good wedding coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to Cana But, with but me. the reason I'm using that, I love your image of the little preschoolers, and I think that's legitimate. But it's almost harder when you have adults because adults are a little bit more independent yeah. and a little bit more, to borrow your phrase, opinionated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so let's, we could even say parents of, of uh, First Communion kids, or we could say uh, elders, you know, people coming in. You could use almost any group. Sure. People tend to be, have a mind of their own, and maybe they're of goodwill, mm -hmm. but they just see something else and they wander the other direction. That's kind of a sheep. Yeah. You know, they say, oh, that grass looks pretty good. I'm going to go over there. Got to go chomp on that for a while. Yeah. Here's another line, though, before we run out of time that I don't want to overlook either. Uh, which is the very first line quoted from Jesus in this year's passage, which is, my sheep hear my voice. So there is there is a action required of the sheep to listen and to be engaged in what the shepherd is saying, too. There was a woman told me this morning that her four-month-old granddaughter now recognizes the grandmother's voice. Oh, really? Isn't that cool? That is cool. Yeah, I don't know at what point they recognize their, their own mom and dad's voice, probably quite, quite early. But a, a grandmother's voice, especially when they live in a different state. Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of cool? That is cool. That, that it, it's a blessing both ways. Certainly it's a blessing for the grandmother. Yeah. She says, my granddaughter knows my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she lit up as she was talking about it. Right. And then the, the for the granddaughter, who's, you know, very young, uh, precognition level, recognizing that voice and responding, that's pretty cool, too. The, the idea, though, of knowing the shepherd's voice, it, it requires active listen. You know, we always talk about, back to the classroom analogy, you know, are we being active listener? You know, being yeah. an active listener. So it requires active listening, but it also requires active following, right? So it's both and. It's, it's not only auditory, it's also physical. Yeah. There was a, um, a family at First Communion on Sunday. The mom and dad and the second grader were sitting together. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of other children, including a, an infant, uh, the infant was in a stroller and uh, there was another woman that was kind of the stroller was in the center aisle and another woman was kind of like just moving it back and forth so that the child would be at rest. Mm -hmm. And that was in the back section of church, but I could see it. And I had actually said hi to the family before mass. 
at some point, and I didn't hear any noise at all, but at some point the mother got up, the mother who was sitting with her first communion daughter mm-hmm. got up and went back and picked up the baby and then took the baby out into the connection center mm-hmm. to walk with her or something and then brought her back again. Mm-hmm. And I just marveled. I didn't even hear any baby crying or anything. Mm-hmm. But that mother who was not sitting in the same section of church, she was sitting with the older daughter who was going to receive First Holy Communion sure. because we reserve seats for child plus mom and dad. Yeah, The mother got up and she heard the, the baby and picked up the baby and took care of the baby and then brought the baby back. Yeah, And I was just amazed at that. She was so tuned in. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I know it's my baby, not somebody else's baby? Mm-hmm. You know, you pick up your baby, and the baby says, "I'm not the one crying. Pick up, pick up somebody else." I'm not your baby. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that's called kidnapping. We yeah. shouldn't. Do, <laughs> no, we, we don't, do not encourage that. Certainly not during mass. Yeah, that doesn't look good on the parish. Yeah. Um, you know, and the psalm response this weekend too, just to jump to that because it ties so well to the gospel. We are His people, the sheep of His flock. So we'll sing it with a little a little style of a sheep in our voice as 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 we sing it. I don't know how that. I sounds. don't know how sheep sing. This is that's very carefully. That is Psalm one hundred. Yeah, you know everybody thinks of uh, I, you know the the Good Shepherd Psalm uh, twenty three. But the Lord is, is my shepherd. There's yeah, nothing I shall num- want. This is number one hundred. It's a nice round number. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. All right, we'll sing joyfully this weekend. Of course we will. All right, friends, thanks for joining us on another episode of the 23 Podcast. And uh, we'll see you this weekend for Mass. Blessings to all.